from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. Morning, 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 morning. It's Perry Gruber from Tiny House. There I go again. What is up with my last name? It's Perry from Tiny House Podcast. It's Michelle, and it's not always morning when people listen to our podcast. Good point. And it's Mark Grimes. <laughs> I'm not afraid to give my last name. What are you hiding from, I don't know, what, I don't from, know what I'm hiding from. All right. The CIA. Duh. 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 Oh, Duh. God. Duh. I'm out. <laughs> I'm done. All right. <laughs> So what have we been doing this morning? It's been an interesting morning. Yeah, we were talking about all our upcoming events and uh, getting our administrative work done. Mm-hmm. It's always nice to actually be able to to do that uh, in person rather rather than over email. Are we gonna? Is this show gonna be out before the jamboree? Oh I yeah, believe so. Oh we'll yeah, oh yeah, while. yeah. It will be. So, so make sure you go up to Perry and go. It's Perry Gruber. Exactly. Everybody, <laughs> show. that'll be comfortable. So, <laughs> so have we officially announced? That no, we're I was be just going to say we should plug it. There you go. Who wants You'll, to do that? Mark can do it. Go for it. Oh come on. <laughs> don't you don't talk. And nearly now enough. Mark is going to make a big announcement. Mark, you're so up. <laughs> we're going to be doing three live podcasts at the Tiny House Jamboree. This coming August. August. Four, five, six, I think. Something like that. Thursday, no, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. Um, In Colorado? Colorado Springs, Colorado. The Mining Museum. Is that where it is? Mining Mm -hmm. Museum? Yeah. Is it in the hole? Yes. All right. Is it really? Yeah. Seriously. Okay. You got to hike down in the hole. Sweet. The magic is in the hole, like they say here in Portland. (laughs) (laughs) Just make sure that so, hole's not weaking back at you. Yeah, so we'll be talking <laughs> um, on upcoming episodes about our guests and the shows, and so people can pencil us into their itinerary when they get to the jam. Do we want to talk about, uh, give a little teaser of at least about the overall agenda of our three shows? Sure, you want to talk about the themes? Uh, we don't have to talk about the people, but the themes. Yeah, yeah let's talk about sure. the themes. Uh, so we've got one show that's uh, Tiny Houses Thinking Outside the Box. So we're going to talk to people in the tiny house movement that ironically don't Don't build, live in tiny don't houses. Don't live in tiny houses. <laughs> <laughs> we have another show that's about Fight tiny houses. <laughs> Fight the powers that be. <laughs> that's the second show. We were talking about. Yeah, that's true. That is, is the second yes, show. Tiny yes. House Diversity. Yes. Absolutely. Fuck and the then the third show actually is... Uh, <laughs> The third show is Tiny House Families. Uh, there's a subset of the tiny house movement. Um, <laughs> babies and children and teenagers all trying to fit into tiny houses. So we're going to be talking about the challenges of that. So we have a wide diversity of topics that we're going to be talking about at the at the Jamboree. Yeah. And Michelle's going to be... Uh, MC. MCing, yes. MC, yeah. The it's, whole it's, three days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a big task. But <laughs> somebody's so got to do it. busy, but somebody's got to do it, yeah. yeah. Are you going to give people like warnings before you drop the f-bomb on stage or actually <laughs> according to my contract i'm not allowed to cuss what Aww. yeah what about us um we're on stage two so since you are not contracted stage two you probably can drop all the f-bombs you want to especially during that family segment exactly right <laughs> but, <laughs> but stage one i'm not allowed to cuss however um and the other thing that was interesting is they said i'm only allowed to talk about specific products some of the time <laughs> 
How do you define that? That's oddly worded. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'll be reviewing that uh, in more depth, of course, the closer we get to make sure I don't break any of the rules. So. Funny. Highway to the danger zone? Yeah. Oh, oh, nice segue. Nice intro. I think we just blew the sound levels, too. <laughs> so let's introduce Brian and Jen Danger. Or is it Yay. Dangers? Hello. Hello. Hey. The dangers are here. <laughs> the dangers are here. Good morning. So how are you this morning? Fantastic. Are you as excited to talk to us as we are excited to talk to you? Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm certain that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we so uh, just some background. Um, Brian and Jen used to live the somewhat, I guess, the high life in a nice home. And they decided to go out and travel in a little VW bus like uh, old 60s hippies. And um, <laughs> they, uh, while they were gone, some people have moved into their house and squatted. No, they, they rented out their house. And when they came back, they uh, decided, hey, this sounds kind of cool. So I'm, we're going to live in the garage. And then they kind of went from there. And so now today they've upscaled their minivan or their Volkswagen van to a Sprinter. And that's kind of where we're at. Is that right, Brian and Jen? Well done. That's a fair synopsis, yeah. <laughs> Your entire life story in four sentences. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of, you know, color to it. but <laughs> Well, we want to get to the color, living color. How, how, how many more black uh, jokes can, jokes you, can I, I know, But only you can do it, so exactly. go for it. Anyway. So can you, can you share a little bit of the story about you guys traveled away yeah. from the house and as you rented it and then that oh, the away story and then the moving back story? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we... Uh, we kind of did things gradually from that high life house, if that's what you want to call it. But over a series of years, we kind of downsized, moved into smaller and smaller places. And as we began to realize that we just couldn't make, you know, quote unquote, normal life work, uh, we actually removed ourselves from Portland and came up here and lived in Van BC for two years as we kind of did the final prep on the bus and then quit our jobs and ran away. And when we came back um, to reality and normalcy a bit anyway, um, you know, Portland seemed like an easy place to make home because we still had our house there. But then once we got back, the idea of, um, you know, renting nearby our home didn't make sense. The idea of living in a three-bedroom home also didn't make sense. And so we kind of just eventually had this epiphany that there was a, a garage going unused that was 480 square feet and was certainly large enough or too large for us. Um, and so we kind of went to the city and started asking questions and eventually it became our home base in Portland. When was this? 2013. Oh, not so long ago. Not so long ago. Yeah, we we had the idea in 2012 and started the project then, but the garage became livable and became our home in 2013. So the a the ADU movement was fairly underway by then, right? It was, but there wasn't as much education about it. People didn't really know what ADU meant at the time. Now everybody in Portland does. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't know what an ADU was. We went to the city of Portland and asked if we could create our house and our garage into a duplex. And they said, sure, but if you call it an ADU, you're going to save tons of fees. <laughs> We're in. <laughs> so, <laughs> ADU well, it let's is. do that. <laughs> Yeah, I think 2013 was the first year that the city of Portland actually waived all the ADU development fees. Is that correct? Uh, I would have said 2012, but I'm honestly not sure. Yeah, somewhere in that time frame. 
Yeah. We're all about gist. We don't, we don't. <laughs> yeah, gist. <laughs> so much for the details. Don't hold us down to specifics. So what was going on for you guys personally that had you want to leave your jobs? <laughs> what, what wasn't? Um, well, <laughs> I'll start. Um, I think it was just fluorescent lighting and being <laughs> indoors 60 hours a week. And, um, you know, we we weren't traveling as much as we wanted to. We had three weeks of vacation a year, which you think should be acceptable, but it just didn't feel right to us. Um, we just really wanted some freedom to go and just travel and camp and explore our hobbies and our creative sides. What do you have to add to that, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this wasn't a new event. As long as I've known Jen, she's she's kind of always wanted to run away. And I just <laughs> thought that was you know, crazy hippie talk. But, you know, the longer we tried to keep our nose to the grindstone, you know, working the jobs, it just it, it kept becoming more and more of a realization that this just didn't fit and we couldn't force it to fit. We eventually just needed to admit to the fact that we had to run away and then figure things out in a different stream of consciousness. What were your jobs? <laughs> Why do you laugh? <laughs> well, they, they should have because been great. They are great jobs. <laughs> we had really amazing jobs. Like I worked for different sporting good companies and apparel companies on the product team, you know, crunching numbers and, you know, helping you know, project sales and, you know, increase profitability. Like really, it was really interesting stuff, but it just wasn't what I wanted to be spending all of my hours doing. Certainly and, not that many hours. And Brian's job was pretty amazing as well. Yeah. I mean, I worked in uh, a consulting firm that moved kind of in and out of different niches. And so it was at least, you know, ever changing and new jobs and roles all the time. And I loved the group of people that I worked with. Did your you coworkers know, think you were bonkers? Hello, you there? Yes. Oh, what, uh, so Mark had talked, either you were talked over Mark or Mark had talked over you when he was asking a question and you had said something just now and we didn't catch what you just said. Oh, sorry about that. That's okay. um, so I guess just talking about my job, I mean, mm -hmm. it was a, a consulting firm that moved in and out of different niches and I loved the people I worked with and, you know, we both had what should have been great jobs. That just didn't mean they were a great fit. Well, it's interesting because there's a lot of people out there who have jobs they hate and can't seem to figure out why they hate them and can't seem to figure out an alternative to that job they hate. But you guys had these lovely jobs and um, didn't <laughs> yeah. really think they fit. And then you found you found both. You found a great job and then you found a solution to getting out of the job. Yeah, you know, when we meet people that sincerely love their job we celebrate them because that is that's really awesome if you're going to spend so many hours a week doing something and you really love it that's the sweet spot right mm -hmm. well i guess the, the question that that the listeners would probably ask next is how do you make how do you i hate the phrase and you know i don't use hate the word hate that often but i really <laughs> hate the phrase make a living earn a living I don't like that. So, how people would ask it that way, but I'm going to say, how do you, how do you, do it streetwise? What, what? How do you make bank? Yeah, how do you, right? How do you make bank? <laughs> Sometimes Mark is more black than I am. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do, you, how do you make ends meet? Well, to be, to be quite fair, we're still figuring that out, and we're certainly a ways away from making bank. Um, <laughs> but I, I think we tackled the problem from the opposite end, and so. You know, it, it hit us at some point that with two wonderful salaries, 
we still got to the end of every year and didn't save a dime mm-hmm. or a nickel or a penny. Mm-hmm. And so what started to happen for us was trying to find ways to reduce the spending rather than increasing the paychecks. And the more we downsized into smaller and smaller places, the more we got rid of our things and reduced our need to buy more things to replace them, the, the closer we got to a comfortable space. And then certainly once we set our budget for the trip and once we drove away and realized exactly how cheaply and affordably one could live um, on the road, once you remove the mortgage and the bills and, and all of those things, suddenly making ends meet, if you will, didn't, didn't seem so difficult. Um, it's not to say the money is not still out there. Mm-hmm. We were aware that money and currency still changes hands. Um, <laughs> we, we would just rather not admit that it has to be the thing that rules our life rather than something that happens as part of our life. I saw on your blog that you had reached financial freedom. I presume that's debt-free. Is that right? <clears throat> oh, my goodness, no. No. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, financial freedom, I think, for us, and, and I think whether we've reached it or not might still be debatable, but in most months that's true. Um you know, it has nothing to do with debt or income. It's really just about month to month. Do we have enough money to survive with or without working? Um, and so obviously many years ago, someone told us about this novel concept of passive income, and that sounded really great. Um, and I think just now are we begin, beginning to even find some of that to be true in our life. Nice. Certainly doesn't hurt when someone else pays your mortgage each month, to Hell be very yeah. clear. Um, and then once we created a home in our garage, but then still had a desire to travel, interestingly enough, we started Airbnb our home, the garage, when we were gone. And so in, not only is the mortgage covered on the house, but now people actually help by staying at our place, pay our tra- some of our travel expenses as well. Nice. So I, I presume there, well, I know there are other ways to create passive income. I'm looking at Mark now. There are other ways to create passive income beyond... Be, be, Besides owning real estate and renting out real estate, there's all kinds of ways that you can create. Yeah, there's a lot of different business models. I mean, is that is that other things you guys are exploring too, or are you tying back to some of your jobs and just doing kind of more freelance stuff? Well, again, the the garage, um, our ADU, kind of became everything for us accidentally. Um, I mean, what was just a way to literally survive long enough with what money we had turned into everything else. And so for us, in, in addition to becoming our home base, people started walking up and asking for help with theirs. And so for, I don't know, I don't, the next six to eight months afterwards, I was helping people with their ADU projects for free. And Jen finally pointed out in the middle of the night, you know, it's 3 a.m. and you're working. Um, you should, probably should start asking for some money. Um, and so Zenbox Design is a, a business that kind of evolved out of our ADU. And so we now help a select few people um, design and build ADUs in Portland as well or in the Pacific Northwest. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and while it isn't much, it is a small income stream that helps offset, you know, food and drink and travel expenses. And it's income from doing something that already came natural to us and something that that is out of passion and not out of a necessity for money, which yeah. I think is really beautiful. Yeah, right on. I, I like what I do. My 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 enthusiasm for my employer probably waxes and wanes, but but overall <laughs> I enjoy. <laughs> overall, I very much enjoy what I do. So in 2017, I'll actually 
looking forward to transitioning into my tiny house and moving out of a large expense, very expensive rental into my tiny house. Um, my point is, is that I could probably afford to, you know, quit my corporate job and go to work as a part-time barista or something because my my expenses, of course, will be much lower. But um, a lot of my reluctance has to do with like medical insurance. And um, again, it, it is nice to have um, a fair amount of money coming in every other week. And I'm just wondering to myself, to what extent does the stress of having all those bills get replaced by the stress of not knowing whether or not you're going to be able to cover your bills? Interesting. Um, well, I mean, you bring up insurance and that's, that's a really expensive, that, that's an expense that we're willing to take on because that's so important. Like if, you know, knock on wood, if something were to happen to one of us, that that would be devastating enough. And then to have that bankrupt us and, you know, that, so it's really expensive, but we're willing to pay it. Um, Meaning know. we have to find a way to make enough money to do so. Thank to you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. But, but I, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I mean, when we left, I, I was strong arming Jen completely. Oh, we can't do this. What about the 401k? What about the plan? What about the bills? And so I totally sensed that kind of, that insecurity, that nervousness. I mean, I think all of society preaches that we're supposed to get that check every other week in order to survive. And so trying to remove yourself from that cycle is not and will never be an easy thing. Um, but it is getting comfortable. I have to say, even, even from my standpoint, I'm, I'm finding a security in, in the smaller numbers and in the margins. You know, we know that we can live on a very small amount of money each month. And so the stress to go get that large paycheck just isn't there. Um, and so between the rentals and the Airbnb and the, you know, the Zen box and other side things that we might do, although we are still looking for those. So Mark, if you have any suggestions, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> but you know, we've, you know, we've blogged for years, but it's always just been a way to capture photos in a journal. We've never figured out how to make money on it. Um, and so we watch other people with all these kind of side passive incomes. We have no idea how to do that. Um, be great, but just not something that we've ever kind of focused on. Yeah, and I think um, if I could add something, um, when we when we decided to quit our jobs and make a change, we didn't know if it was going to be long term, short term. Um, we we said one to two years, and then let's see where we are and what what comes up for us. Um, the, the mantra for me was leap and the net will appear. Like we had no idea that we would be where we are right now. I, I told Brian, we may want to go back to our jobs after traveling for a year because there are so many benefits and, you know, the social aspect is really that. Uh, we're losing your voice, Jen. Something oh. happened to the microphone. Oh yeah. Um, I think the point is just, you know, follow your heart and do what you want to do. You're never stuck and stuck doesn't, I don't mean stuck as in if you work in corporate America or corporate North America that you're stuck. But if you aren't happy doing that, do something else. If you are happy doing that, by all means, like thrive in that, in that world. It's, it's, um, it's up to each one of us to find our happy spot. 
I've never had, as a single mom, I've never had the luxury of really being able to take a lot of risk <laughs> or, uh, you know, make a lot of strategic decisions. I kind of go from job to job, who's ever going to pay me to do it? So, um, so again, this taking a risk thing. Um, on one hand, I built my tiny house with a build and pray mantra, so, uh, which is really odd that I say I'm not a risk taker, and yet I spent 35000 building a house that I don't know where I was going to put it. But again, from a financial perspective, um, I applaud your, again, your ability and your, and your embracing risk. Can we talk a little bit about standard of living? You talked about we actually need very, very little money to live. Um, again, I'm a single mom. So when I say things like that, it means we have one roll of toilet paper left in the house and we're all going to transfer it between bathrooms or we're going to like, you but know, not between buttholes. No, <laughs> traditionally not. So look like you dirty bastard. <laughs> <laughs> he just hijacked my question. <laughs> so do you eat top ramen? There we go. Bottom line. Do you eat like top ramen every day for dinner? Um, you walk the dog for entertainment. Like, um, uh, As opposed to going to a movie. <laughs> exactly. You know, going to a movie, going to the theater, all these highbrow things we talk about right. where we're going to no, do right. when we have, you know, when we have less bills. Yeah. So talk a little bit about, you know, your actual standard of living your day to day life. No, quite quite the contrary, actually. Um, if in fact, if anything, we're typically a little embarrassed to talk about it. But you know, we still have a circle of friends who are in those high paying jobs, and so you know, they still head out to happy hour every day, and they still wine go to fancy dinners in wine country and expensive vacations. And we're not interested in missing most of those things, <laughs> and so you know, we we have still, and, and that is where the struggle still remains for us is not trying to just eke by in terms of walking the dog and eating ramen, but to eke by in a world where we can still go partake in those things. Uh, and that doesn't mean every time. That doesn't mean every happy hour every day. But how do we find a way that we can, um, you know, not eat ramen daily, but then still have enough left over when someone says, hey, I'm going to book this fancy trip to an island. We don't have to say, you know, send us photos when you're done. We can actually find a way to get there. So, and so so how do you, let's put the meat on the bones there. How do you, how have you figured, I know you haven't totally figured it out, but how have you figured it out the way to do that so far? Well, we're trying to get to a place where it's, it's truly a combination of small income streams. And so, you know, obviously rent instead of paying mortgage, you know, the, the rent coming to us instead of us paying mortgage is great. Airbnb certainly helping. Um, that's been a huge uh, swing for us. Uh, Zenbox has been a very pleasant surprise for us, but you know it, we've kind of begun to get to this point where as long as each one of those provides a little, it amasses towards a point of comfort, right? As opposed to before having to rely upon that one very large paycheck every two weeks, right? Um, and and I don't know. So far, we've been very fortunate that we seem to be grabbing onto things at the right time. And you, so Jen's leap in the net will appear thing to me used to just sound horrific. Um, but I, I think what I'm realizing now is that we were so busy and so inundated with those jobs that there physically was no time to, to know when an opportunity was passing by, much less to be able to have the energy to jump onto it. It's so interesting because the, what you're saying is <clears throat> resonant with some of the experiences that I'm personally having with some other things that I'm doing. And, and in those conversations, people talk about how <clears throat> our current modern society keeps your life so full 
of basically administrative tasks, whether it's following up on your account numbers for your insurance or making sure that your overdraft protection is on or following up on um, the maintenance of your household. Or there's always these these administrative tasks of your personal life that seem to like swell up and take up all the space of your leisure activity. I think isn't that work expands to fill time available, right? Yeah, I and, mean, and it's not in this case it's not work. It's just like personal living in modern society. So I get what you're just saying, and I wonder, um, Jen and Brian, if if you feel that you're on. If you're the exception, or do you see more people going in this direction now that you've gone in this direction? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I, yes, if you're looking at the masses, I have to think that the lifestyle we're living is an exception. I mean, even in our friend, group of friends, by far an exception. Um, we finally have maybe one couple who's like, hey, that looks pretty good. Let's go test the waters on this. But the masses are certainly not with us. But it's certainly positive to me that when I, you know, I finally decided to do a little social media and so I'm on Instagram and it's certainly amazing to me to see the type of following and interest there is when I type in tiny home or when I type in van living or van life. I mean, there is becoming a bit of a movement. Certainly not by any means is it equal to the other side, but I think people are searching for something and, you know, minimalism and reduction Simplification. Simplification is a way to get there. Mm-hmm. Do you think the masses don't um, follow your example for lack of knowledge? Or For lack of or, inspiration, yeah. for lack of opportunity. Um, for my tiny house experience, some people think it's awesome and they're jealous, but the majority of them are like, no way could I could I go down that far? But at least they're making a decision about their lives from a position of informed status rather than a position of status quo. Oh, that was a good that one. That was a good one. Someone wow. write that one down. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so what's, the, what's the best reaction you get from the masses? Is it no way could I do it or... Or are you are you finding a, a well of inspiration? Both, actually, we get a lot of you guys are pretty crazy, and then we get a lot of, wow, that's that's really inspiring. Um, and we do. I also want to say that a lot of people like reach out to us when they're making a change or they're um, embarking on uh, something that's different than where they've been, and a lot of them talk about how hard it is to do that. Like change is just, that's kind of this theme that keeps coming up when, when we talk to people is change is really hard. You get really comfortable where you are. And I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer. Um, for me, a lot of people have said, wow, you guys are really courageous to quit your jobs and do that. For me, it wasn't about courage. For me, it came supernatural and I have a respect for it. I don't, I don't feel super careless about it or, um, carefree about it. I, I have a very healthy respect of it, but it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, do you have anything to add, Bray? <laughs> I just rambled, but no, no I, think- I think we found your, actually, I think we found your show title. Like supernatural courage with Brian and Jen Danger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it seems it's it seems like is it true that you are responding from a need to do what you guys have done as opposed to well, let's try to try this thing out. No, I think that's very well said. I think 
that's the epitome of what Jen's describing is it wasn't an option anymore. Yeah. I mean, we tried, we tried really hard to kind of make that square peg fit in a round hole and just go to work every day and be happy like everybody else. And we weren't miserable. I mean, we were still happy people in a happy relationship. It was just for very few hours a day after we paid the dues. Yeah. That's just um, the same way I felt when I was at Intel um, the last couple of years when I had actually met Mark for the first time. I was really, I wasn't super unhappy, but I was unhappy in the corporate world. And finally, it was just like the pressure, like holding a seed between your fingers and squeezing it. The pressure just popped me out of that space and got into what I'm doing with Mark. So hmm. I, I, I think we live in a very fear-based society. I think so too. And so I think fear, you know, back to your your question, Michelle, I think fear is the underlying problem. I think there's this fear of breaking the norm. There's this fear of trying something new because you might never be able to come back. Mm. There's, I mean, everything around us is based on fear and normalcy. I mean, our entire society bases our worth on our title. We don't talk to people about, well, what have you done recently to embrace your life and make yourself happier? We're like, what's your role? What do you go do from nine to five? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, you know, it's awesome when we start meeting people on the road or in other countries where the conversations are purely about where have you been and what have you learned and who have you met? Those are far more beneficial conversations. What it's just not normal. Yeah, yeah. I think, however, and again, going back to my experience, um, being a single mom, I don't know that fear, I mean, fear was definitely a driver, but I think that um, my sense of responsibility transcends my own needs. Um, So for me, it was a timing thing, right? I need to get my kids to where they're going to be and in college and get their feet under them. And then I can make these other decisions and take these other risks. So... um, Again, I, I uh, encourage people, of course, to jump and, and, be, and take risks. But on the other hand, from my own personal perspective, it's not, just, it's not that easy. Um, no, it's, it's never. Um, and and th- that's actually one of the hardest things, I think, when people write us looking for advice or ideas is we know so very little about their life and the responsibilities that they have. I mean, the, it's so easy to want to just say, run away. But, but there's actually still things going on back home that need to be dealt with or figured out. And there's a right time and a place for everybody. And I think, you know, there's probably an equal number of people who have kids and having those kids actually propels them to go make change just as many times as people having kids kind of, you know, tells them to wait on that change until later. And neither of those is a right or wrong answer. That's just people having to figure out what makes the most sense for their situation. And, you know, as much as I would love for everyone to just kind of say, run away, there's, there's gray zones here that have to be found. You know, Um, it's, it's interesting that you describe it as run away because as I envision what you guys are doing by looking at your website and talking with you today, it, it feels like to me that you're running towards something, (laughs) not not running away Mm -hmm. from something. I think that's, that's fair. I think it started as running away. I think it's the the road has shifted to say the least. Mm -hmm. And so there's, I think a more of a shared vision between the two of us. There's more of a shared confidence that, you know, this isn't any longer something that we're trying on for a year or two. This is actually a lifestyle that we're determined to make sustainable. Um, and to, to, you know, when it fits, share with others the fact that it can actually happen. Do, do you have kids? 
we just have a blonde uh, lab that's like that, <laughs> that would you know be our child Fuzzy at this point kid. which honestly is more surprising to us than anyone else when we left for our trip we both still fully thought that we would have children very soon and i think leaving was kind of part of that thing we felt like we had to go do quickly before we had children before we were of an age where we couldn't or wouldn't how old are you um, guys well, that's personal. <laughs> <laughs> well, my next we'll question go is going to be about poop and pee. So. Uh-oh. Like <laughs> <laughs> your yeah. birthday is coming up next month. <laughs> What's that? Uh, and I'm actually thrilled to have it because every year seems to keep getting better. Uh, so you bring it on. your annual bowel movement there? I missed the <laughs> No, he's answer. 30, I think. Oh, 30. 30. Oh, okay. Oh, thank you, Michelle. <laughs> and Jen? Well, now you asked a woman. Now that is wrong. <laughs> I, might be, I might be a couple years older than Brian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's it's... It's interesting that we thought when we came back to Portland that all the signs would, you know, you know, lead us to what our friends were doing to kind of settle back into that large house and have kids. Mm -hmm. And if anything, the universe keeps telling us not to do so. But we also no longer feel the pressure on that because, you know, adoption is a wonderful thing and we can choose at any point in life to to have kids and to go that path. It's just not the path that we seem to be on at the moment. And we also absolutely adore our friends' kids. And I would, I would say, like, we're super, super active aunt and uncle. And we love them, like, with all of our hearts. And we are so excited to watch them grow and learn. And so It's a large part of why we came back home. Nice. So I'm going to segue off of something Mark said and something you said. Um, it seems like you're running towards something. And you also talked about... Um, the joy of having conversations about your dreams. So I'm, I'm going to suggest you're running towards your dreams. How's that? Um, (laughs) So let's talk about those. Let's talk about, um, right. You you envision this new life for you so that you could create X. Um, What is X? What is Y? What does your future look like? I think um, we don't know what our future looks like, but there's a lot of freedom involved in it. There's a lot of, um, a lot of travel, a lot of um, being able to respond to opportunities, like you know, let's go, let's go to the island for six months. Let's let's go tour India for two months. Let's you know whatever. Like right now, our our current um, inspiration right now and current uh, attraction right now is the Pacific Northwest, and you know, the BC area and Portland area and, you know, doing some road tripping. We have a 10 year old dog and we love her. That's why we're choosing a lot of road tripping now because we want her to be with us as opposed to air travel. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I think the beauty, one of the beautiful things that Brian and I really love about our life right now is we don't have to really have set plans we can respond to what comes up for us um, as In fact, time we goes suck by. at plans. <laughs> the one thing that we no longer have any ability to do is plan. So us trying to make plans with someone even months, much less weeks in advance is, is really difficult to do because we just we don't have a long-range plan or goal. I think the, the beauty of where we found ourselves now is that we're free and nimble enough to go in whatever direction we wake up that day and decide to go. And at least for now, that space is perfect for us. Yeah. And so we don't feel like we're you know, chasing something so much as how do we keep the status 
as it is, the balance as it is. Mm-hmm. So how do you guys manage the personal hygiene stuff? <laughs> I think that was Rebecca a long time before we got to that question. <laughs> <laughs> we normally hit this subject way sooner in the podcast. Well, we're, I would describe our, our current state as being mostly nomadic. And so, you know, we still spend significant time at our home base in Portland. Obviously, things are easy there. Um, there we might find ourselves hopping from, you know, place to place a little bit. But then once we hit the road and we're in the van, you know, things get creative. <laughs> um, when we're here in an urban environment or when we're living in the van in Portland in an urban environment, um, you know, gym memberships work well. Friends and family works well. Mason jars. Mason jars work well. No, Bushes and parks. We have a porta potty in the yeah, van. Yeah, we have a marine, a little marine toilet. It was part of the upgrade from Volkswagen to Sprinter um, <laughs> that the the bathroom situation needed to upgrade as well. Um, so we have a little Thetford Marine porta potty that we love and adore. That's far better than the Mason jar and the Go Girl. The Go, <laughs> the go Girl. I did the Go Girl for I you. love the Go Girl. I don't have one yet, but I got to get one. It's We're, pretty works pretty well. <laughs> and we currently, you know, I mean, it's funny how the desire for cleanliness is also able to overlap with other things. So part of the balance that we have not gotten to a place where we'd love to get it is our, you know, our workout schedule and, and being completely healthy. And so a gym membership, or in this case in, in Vanna yoga membership overlaps really nicely with the ability to have beautiful, warm spa like showers and a sauna. <laughs> yeah. um, and so you know, much like I guess when we talk about designing a small home or an ADU or or building out the van that we're currently doing, everything kind of has to have more than one purpose or else it doesn't belong. And so that yoga membership suddenly serves three or four purposes without the sauna. Um, and it works quite well. When you when you bought the Sprinter van, was it just an empty shell van or was it a conversion van? No, absolutely empty shell. Okay. Um, I far too much enjoy the process of of designing and building everything out on my own to to accept someone else's i think it's i think it's great that you actually brought up the the subject of health um as it relates to having more time in your life um i've never actually verbalized it until just the second but um i'm overweight and so i sort of envision that once i have more time that's another thing I'm going to be spending a lot more time on mm-hmm. is yoga and training and um, planning uh, grocery store trips Yeah. instead of just heading there on the way home from work and grabbing whatever's on the end cap, doing really much more, um, spending much more time in planning your meals and, and much more time exercising. So um, talk a little bit about the benefits, um, again, of, of focused focus on your health and your well-being and your presumably your your food and your and your exercise and we haven't talked about that on the podcast before I'd like to hear that well I think um for me I I love to cook so Brian's kind of lucky <laughs> we don't uh, we don't have Brian's to, very lucky. we don't have <laughs> all the time because you know even in a camping situation or in you know with our backpacking stove or whatever I'm I'm trying to make gourmet stuff <laughs> um so and and I focus on healthy. I, um, I'm not a vegetarian, but I eat probably 75% fruits and vegetables. 
Um, but then we also love nachos, you know, so we go, <laughs> we will go out and splurge. But um, and then as far as like exercise, um, we're super drawn to like beach volleyball and backpacking and the kind of exercise that's outside, that's playing, that's in nature. Um, and that's what we're trying to do more of. That's one of our big goals this summer. I don't think I physically worked out at a gym in eight to 10 years. It's just not, it's not conducive. And so something about this lifestyle also allows us to be more mindful, I guess, because we've got the time to do so. You're absolutely right. If, if at least when trying to squeeze it in before or after work, it never happened. And now it's still a bit tough in Portland because Portland's a town of eating and drinking. Mm. As where when we travel north to Vancouver, people can't afford to go eat and drink as much because it's so expensive. And so they spend their time playing volleyball on the beach and hitting yoga. Um, and it's, it's really insightful to, I mean, just look at the different body styles and the amount of time people spend being active versus eating and drinking. Um, I mean, it's so still something we're trying to soak up because yeah. we really love the eating and drinking. Mm. We love it all. <laughs> what, what do you guys do for um, um, mental health, like having time apart, or do you do you desire being, having your personal space? Yeah. Oddly enough, we, we really enjoy each other, um, <laughs> and we need very little time apart, um, if any. I mean, it's, it's very odd when we left to drive down to Mexico. It was really interesting to watch people. Oh, you're going to be beheaded twice. It's dangerous. You can't go. <laughs> and we would laugh. And then, then they would slowly sink in. They're like, wait a minute. You're going to live for a year in a van with each other? Oh, you're going to kill each other. <laughs> and it actually became the biggest fear for people is that obviously this, was, this clearly had to be the end of our relationship. Um, but for us, it's great. I mean, that's probably the largest, I mean, if I could be so bold to, to take a guess, it might be the largest benefit of not having to go to two separate jobs anymore Yeah, is that we actually get that much more time together. Oh, oh that's so sweet. <laughs> I live and 165 with, miles away from my significant other, so. Sometimes my, that's too close. <laughs> yeah, my story's <laughs> a little different than that. But I'm inspired, however, by, by, uh, Again, maybe maybe our relationships don't work because we don't have enough time to spend together because we don't have enough uh, communal space. Connection time. Yeah. 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 I think also Brian, Brian and I are so different. And polar opposites. Polar opposites in a lot of ways. And like getting to know Brian so deeply has really helped me as an individual realize that everyone I meet isn't going to be just like me. Everyone I meet is going to be somewhere in this broad range of, you know, personalities and reactionary methods and, you know, natural instincts. And it's been so good for me. It's, I'm, I'm a very compassionate person. And because of my relationship with Brian, I, I feel like I'm, I have a more um, healthy compassion that's really thoughtful about how, how different we all are. You mean how crazy some of us can be. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty crazy sometimes, too. <laughs> so how did you guys meet? Uh, Jen moved in next door. <laughs> we were neighbors. Oh, really? Literally neighbors with a crush. Oh. What was your first date? Um, I had a 4th of July party. My birthday follows 4th of July very closely, so we used to have an annual party. Jen came over to the party and frankly never left. <laughs> oh. 
And how long have you guys been together? Almost 14 years. Oh, wow. my gosh. Are you guys married? Yeah. yeah. Oh, right on. Blissfully so. Oh, nice. So you guys don't have any arguments at all? Oh, oh no, yeah. we do. Come on. Okay. That's we do. Now, one, another thing about Brian that's opposite from me is that he communicates about everything. I'm more of a, you know, think about things and then share after I've thought about them for a while. Not Brian. He he is always communicating, which is so great. I think if he was like me, there would be a lot of stuff unsaid between us. And I'm not sure that our that relationship would be as strong as it is with the way we have have it right now. Well, so especially in you. this in, in this environment, <laughs> yeah. in this tight of quarters, yeah. I think it's it, it's difficult. I mean, things can't things can't sit and grow into a larger problem. Either either we deal with stuff really rapidly when it's small, or else it's Big, it's an quick. issue. Yeah. <laughs> and so we we try very hard to to openly communicate about everything when it happens as soon as a frustration might start so that a small frustration is as big as it ever gets. Oh, that's really healthy, it sounds like. And, you, and we you, have to, yeah, we have to spend time trying to understand each other because, because of that difference. We have to really like, wait, explain to me why, you know, what you're saying because I'm not getting it at all. So we talk a lot. I think that's, <laughs> we talk a lot. I think that's a, a successful point too. <clears throat> um, one quick thing I wanted to share with you guys as far as uh, this is going way in reverse here too, but passive income goes. Uh, boy, this should so be a sponsor. Marriage counseling. No, 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 no. Well, that's actually, <laughs> well, you, you know. we need No, no, yeah, no, no, way, offering. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's actually a website out there, boy, this should so be a sponsor based on this message. But anyway, called Clarity FM. So clarity.fm. So you people sign up on the website and basically it arranges for a connection with somebody who wants to pay a per minute consulting fee. What amounts to? <laughs> on what topic? Interesting. Whatever topic you want to set up. So if you wanted to go minimalism, relationships, tiny house wow. type stuff, it would be a way for you to focus people. Hey, there's the email on the free advice. If you want a little bit more, come through Clarity FM. Um, you can go talk to Mark Cuban on Clarity FM. Wow. So anyway, it's something to look at that could work well into your mobile lifestyle and maybe generate a little bit extra revenue stream. Interesting format. Yeah. Mark, you're always so full of great ideas. Well, so when he pitches it. in, it's like, it's very, um, it's just like the perfect pitch in. Yeah. I know when to drop the golden nuggets. Exactly. Right out of your butt. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? Like that, like that unicorn. Now I'm shy to say so. <laughs> it's like that unicorn, how they come up with those little, uh, that, have you seen that commercial about the unicorn where the ice cream cone comes? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For Squatty Potty. Squatty Potty. Yeah. Another sponsor for Tiny House, <laughs> the Squatty Potty. <laughs> and you don't have the room to, oh, I don't even want to do it. Never mind. <laughs> We've done that episode before so many times. <laughs> so. <clears throat> So, well, so Jen and, um, and Brian, this has been a great, I feel like I've been through meditation here. It's just <laughs> really low key. This episode <laughs> usually we're high energy and laughing really loud, but the information we shared amongst us all was really good. Thank you for being guests on our show. Thank you. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. No, our pleasure. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so next time uh, we interview you on the podcast we'll make sure and serve beer and we'll get into the maybe get, get into, some pot 
Yeah. To really bring this. We're in Portland, so exactly. it's not that's hard to true, find. That's true. That's no, true. that'd be great. In Just person would always be preferable. And uh, yeah. I mean, it's odd. I feel like we've been talking for a while. I feel like we barely scratched the surface. We so have. Any, yeah. Anytime you'd like. Right yeah. On. When you guys are back in town, we'd love to do it face to face. So tune in next week. What are we gonna, who are we going to talk to, Mark or Michelle? Who's on the schedule? I think it's Brad Cattell. Who the heck is that? Texas, Texas Houses. Oh, one of my favorite houses. Builders. Yeah, yeah. Big on sustainability and recycling awesome. and, and uh, a fascinating, fascinating, controversial guy. Yeah. Well, we'll look forward to that one. And Thank you, guys. Yeah. See you next week. Great show. Yeah. See you. Be ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sightcast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. 